Staying consistent is hard, but it's important if you want to see results. Symbiotica is one of the fastest growing health and wellness companies right now, and they're one of the only brands that are committed to your health. They only use the cleanest and purest ingredients in their formulas. No seed oils, no preservatives, or toxins. Let me walk you through my morning routine. I wake up, make my coffee, and then make sure to fill my water with Symbiotica Pure Hydration before my early morning workout. They source the best ingredients from all around the world, and I've loved every supplement I've tried so far. What's even better is that Symbiotica makes it a breeze to stay on track. With a subscription, your supplements arrive at your doorstep every month. Ready to feel the results? Head over to Symbiotica.com and use code POD for 15% off your subscription order. Escape to summer with Victoria's Secret's just-arrived collection of swim and other sun-ready silhouettes. Pack your bags with new styles from the Very Sexy Collection like the made-to-be-seen, very sexy push-up bra in on-trend hues like green, citron, and black shine. Rewind to the future with the VS Archive Swim Collection, inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. Plus, mix and match with their wide range of bikini tops and bottoms to find your dream suit. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. Hi, everyone. This is Rachel Zoe with the Climbing in Heels podcast. We recently sat down with a few recipients of the Botox Cosmetic Onobotulinum Toxin A and iFund Women Grants at South by Southwest, thanks to Botox Cosmetic. Take a listen to our conversation. It's so good. What advice would you give to upcoming like female entrepreneurs or just already sort of established trying to survive still? I literally joke with my staff and, and we always are saying, oh, you want to be an entrepreneur? You want to be broke all the time and working 24-7? Ooh. Yeah, but look so, at you. Yeah, right? But I'm here. So the advice that I give is and I coined this, and I believe I said it on my TED Talk, that your passion follows you. You cannot follow your passion. So my advice is to let your passion follow you, get out of your own way, and never stop and never settle. This episode was brought to you by Botox Cosmetic. Learn more at BotoxCosmetic.com and talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, call 877 877- Three five one zero three zero zero, and follow the Climbing in Heels podcast on iHeartRadio or subscribe where you listen to your podcast. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring, well, The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. This is Teddy Teapot with Teddy Mellencamp. Hi, guys. Uh, Welcome back to this week's Teddy Teapod. It's almost Valentine's Day. It's the month of February. So, I mean, why not talk about sex and intimacy? I mean, plus, I'm a million years pregnant. I mean, aren't I the perfect one to discuss it? Considering I'm like breathing heavy just sitting here talking into this microphone. So, (laughs) I am bringing on uh, Jenny Marie Batistin. 
Did I say it right? You know what? I'm already crushing today. Um, She is a licensed marriage family therapist. She speaks about foundational romance, how to continuously learn about each other, keeping your relationship new and exciting, Tainted Love. That makes me immediately think about the song. I'm like, Tainted Love. Okay, anyways, I won't sing for you guys. Um, No Romance After Baby, Dating This Valentine's Day infatuation ooh juicy and new rules for dating apps in 2020 let's break down some of these bullet points i'm kind of i i need to know mm-hmm. new rules for dating apps in 2020 okay what are they well don't be so quick to swipe left just don't judge based on their appearance read through their app uh, their profile and see hmm is there something more there Explore it a little bit deeper. You might be swiping left on someone who really is a solid individual and has something that really could be a relationship that could be the relationships of all relationships. Uh, Don't wait too long for that first date. Uh, You ever get caught in that time where you're like having so much fun, sending back witty little things through the app and, you know, exploring a conversation. There's all these fun sparks that's going, but you never get to that first date. It's because it dies out, right? It dies out, yeah. And then all of a sudden, they've ghosted you before long. So within a week and a half, you really should be meeting up at that point, even if it is for the, you know, coffee date, which, you know, I don't really particularly care for the coffee date. Do something a little bit different. Oh, so what, tell, tell me why no coffee date. You know, it's such a cliche. Be a little bit creative. Show your creative side. Show your fun side. You know, meet up at the dog park. Go to a bookstore and peruse what books you enjoy. Uh, Meet up at a gallery. Look at some artwork. Do something a little bit more fun. Go roller skating. Why not? And how do you know if a dating app just, like, doesn't work for you? Yeah. You know, it's so hard. You got to be more in that organic world. So means you got to get out there and be in the organic world. Go join a club or an organization that you're passionate about. You're going to find someone who's passionate about it. Or if you like rock climbing, go to one of the rock climbing clubs. You like hiking, join a hiking group. Find something that's going to be an interest you enjoy that you could find a partner. Those are good ideas. Um, okay. No romance after baby. How to maintain intimacy and close communication after children. Mm. Yeah. You know, remembering to say I love you every day and have those moments of partying and reunions each day. Uh, even if you just grab each other for that 20 second hug uh, before you leave in the morning and when you come back are really important. Surprise each other with little romantic gifts or little romantic notes. I love when you hide a little note maybe in the bathroom or throw it in their briefcase or their purse. You know, let's show your partner you're thinking about them. Um, You know, throw one in where the diapers are. So when you're out getting the diaper, you find a little note that's like from your partner. Fun. Oh, that's so... I recently did this, you guys. Don't be shocked. But the other day, my husband was really like just, you know, he was having, truthfully, I mean, he was really sad about Kobe. And I, he was like, I'd never seen him cry so much. And I just left him a little note, like with next to his breakfast. And I had to rush off with the kids and go to work and whatnot. And I, I was like, you know, didn't really think much of it. I just was like, love you. I, I had to miss you this morning. I'm really thinking about you. I really appreciate you. And, I, you know, I'm sorry that that you're really sad. This is heartbreaking. Um, 
But that night, he like brought it up. He was like, hey, just so you know, I really appreciated that note today. Uh-huh. And so it's crazy Sweet. what just something so small mm-hmm. could really mean to somebody. So like if you're having that moment, and it re- I mean, it really took me 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Could really touch somebody. So like, let's remember to keep doing that. I mean, guys, don't get me wrong. I don't do that often. <laughs> I need to do it a lot more. And like, I was writing down notes as you were giving me the other information. But I did accomplish one goal. So I just, you know, had to yeah. self brag about it. Yeah. Um, okay, tainted love. What defines a truly toxic relationship? Ah, uh, yes. You know, I think the biggest thing is, are you thinking about that person and, you know, trying to meet their dreams and they're not thinking about yours? Um, Are you uh, constantly compromising in an unhealthy way? You're always giving of yourself and there's no healthy compromise. That's a problem. You know, if you're putting your dreams, your hopes to the side, uh, you're always going and doing their activities or you know, let's say they do agree to go do an activity with you, but they're sulking the whole Ugh, time. The worst. That's the worst. The Ugh. worst. Like, go kick rocks. I don't mm-hmm. want to be around you with your bad mm-hmm. behavior. Ugh. Well, I know we have to take a little break, and then we've got to come back, and we have so many good listener questions. You like to watch the new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump. Join Lisa and her hand-selected staff at Chateau Rosabelle, a glamorous estate in the French countryside, as they live, work, and play together 24-7. Vanderpump Villa is where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. Don't miss the new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. Season five promises new horizons for the entire Kardashian clan. And if you're looking for steamy streams, check out Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise. The sizzling new reality show set on the Caribbean island of Grand Cayman, where the rich come to play. But be warned, it's a small island and secrets don't stay secret for long. So come check out what's new on Hulu this month. It's streaming now and it's waiting for you on Hulu. For the love, there is nothing worse than shaving your legs. It takes so much time out of your day and you may cut yourself by accident. A total game changer to my beauty routine is Nair. That is right. The OG hair removal. Not only do I love my nair, my daughter Slate does as well. My mom used to let me nair when I was her age, but it was not the best smell back then. But now, nair smells so dang good. Nair will save so much time, and the best part is no nicks, no cuts, and you will have smooth skin for days. You have to make sure to check out Nair's new sensational shower creams and body creams. Like I said, they all smell amazing. My favorite shower cream is the Moroccan Argan Oil and Orange Blossom. The scent creates the ultimate pampering experience. I also recommend the Nourishing Oat Milk and Vanilla Body Cream. I swear, the scent lasts on your body for hours. Smell for yourself. Try the reformulated Nair body and shower creams available at retailers nationwide and online. Hi, it's Tamara Judge, co-owner of Vena CBD, where our mission is your health and wellness. 
At Vena, we understand life's daily challenges, and that's why we offer a range of CBD products designed to help you find balance and feel your best. Whether you're struggling with stress, sleep, or just looking for a daily wellness boost, we've got you covered. If you struggle getting a good night's sleep like me, listen up. I started sleeping better right away when I started taking lights out sleep gummies before bed. Our best sellers, like the Cloud9 Mood Enhancing Gummy and our Lights Out Sleep Gummy, are made with the highest quality of ingredients, grown right here in the USA, ensuring that you get all the benefits without any compromise. And we stand by our products. Not only are they third-party tested for quality, but we also offer a 30-day satisfaction guarantee. Experience the difference with Vena CBD and take the first step towards a more balanced you. Visit venacbd.com today and explore our range of products. And for our podcast listeners, enjoy an exclusive discount on your first order. Just use the code TEAPOD, T-E-A-P-O-D, at checkout for buy one, get one free. Hi, everyone. This is Rachel Zoe with the Climbing in Heels podcast. We recently sat down with a few recipients of the Botox Cosmetic Onobotulinum Toxin A and iFund Women Grants at South by Southwest, thanks to Botox Cosmetic. Take a listen to our conversation. It's so good. What advice would you give to upcoming like female entrepreneurs or just already sort of established trying to survive still? I literally joke with my staff and, and we always are saying, oh, you want to be an entrepreneur? You want to be broke all the time and working 24-7? Ooh. Yeah, but look so, at you. Yeah, right? But I'm here. So the advice that I give is and I coined this, and I believe I said it on my TED Talk, that your passion follows you. You cannot follow your passion. So my advice is to let your passion follow you, get out of your own way, and never stop and never settle. This episode was brought to you by Botox Cosmetic. Learn more at BotoxCosmetic.com and talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, call 877 877- Three five one zero three zero zero, and follow the Climbing in Heels podcast on iHeartRadio, or subscribe where you listen to your podcast. We have lots of listener questions, and just uh, some are for me, and I want you to kind of diagnose me as we're going through because right. obviously I'm. A little bit crazy. Um, okay, so the first listener question is: How many times have I been in love? I would say that I have, there are four people that stand out in my life of maybe, maybe love. My high school boyfriend, I don't know if I was actually in love with him. I mean, we would like do drive-bys his house to like see if he was home from football practice (laughs) or like we wrote love notes or like he would leave Mentos in my locker and if he didn't, we were in a fight. I mean, those types of things. It was like very young Whatever. I don't know if that's necessarily love or not, but it's a memory of like those times. There was one person when I first moved out to Los Angeles, he was like a B actor and he was like the first guy that I thought broke my heart. I wasn't really in love. I wasn't in love with him. Mm -hmm. I mean, he definitely was not in love with me, but like it was the first time that I remember being like, wow, that really hurt. Like I got ditched at a party and he went and like hooked up with somebody else. And I remember being like, that scarred me for like a good year. Oh, that's the worst. That's the worst. (laughs) (laughs) So that, and then I was married before my husband and I do know that I was in love with him. I think I was in love with him more of like as a friend. 
Um, and then my husband that I have now, Edwin. Um, but I think they're all different kinds of love. Is that true? Absolutely. There's all kinds of different love. And, you know, I think Valentine's Day is that time that we think of Cupid's arrow. It's that fun love, that passionate love, that type of love that you're like, I can't wait till I see you. Uh, but what's interesting is sometimes that's not the love that lasts. For instance, when you're talking about the drive-bys, <laughs> you know, when you're obsessed by someone and you're driving by and you're thinking about them every moment and you think they meet every quality that you've ever had on a checklist, might just be Cupid's arrow for a moment. Right. I mean, but I don't I don't know if it was necessarily obsessed. It was like all of my girlfriends, we would get in each other's cars, like in our cheerleading outfits, and we'd be like, I wonder if the guys are home from practice yet and they haven't they haven't paged me. My maroon pager hasn't gone off yet. But it was more like fun. And I think it was just the first idea of having like a crush on somebody. Yeah. I mean, crushes are fun, obviously. Puppy love is fun. But what will really last over time is something where there's reciprocal relationship. So he's thinking about you, too. You are getting that text message. You are getting that page. Who do you, how do you think somebody knows if, they're, if it's the real right kind of love? Mm -hmm. Well, you know, something that is high quality is well built. And there's going to be a foundation that's there. They've really taken a chance to get to know you, get to know all your ins and outs, see you, the good, the bad, the ugly moment, and still really appreciate you in those moments. So that takes time. And it's not something that's going to happen in just a couple of weeks. And what do you think a good way to show somebody love is the right way? Yeah, it's getting to know them by asking those open-ended questions to really know their internal world their hopes, their dreams, to, you know, find a little bit of the fun, the favorites, you know, ask those fun questions of if you had $5 million, what would you do first? Um, to really kind of understand what's important to them, their values. So step outside of the box, step out of the norm of the types of questions that you talk about when somebody gets home from work and, yes. and kind of keep it interesting. All right. Makes sense. And do you think that people can fall out of love? And what do you do? Like, for example, falling out of love when you're 20 isn't necessarily the biggest deal, but falling out of love when you're married and you have four kids... Yeah. That's a bigger deal. So, I mean, how how do you start to know if you're falling out of love? And are you really falling out of love or do you just not want to do the work on trying to work on your relationship? I think a lot of people don't know how to do the work. They haven't had either a good example growing up or other relationships around them. Um, they sometimes think if you have to work this hard that maybe it's not right. But anything that's built to last is going to take work. Uh, really investing in each other and prioritizing your relationship. And it's difficult after kids. And for kids is a lot. It's a lot to juggle. But to remember who your partner is and set aside that time to continue to get to know them, continue to explore their world and have conversations that are just beyond, hey, what happened at work today? Well, so if you but if you're not in a situation where you have kids and you're married and you're oftentimes what you see and especially like in this newer generation of of people in relationships or situationships that I've heard about, which is like where you have one foot in, one foot out. You don't want them to date anybody else, but then you don't necessarily want to be exclusive with them. How do you know if that person is worth it? Like, how do you know if 
it's time to make that next step or like how do you know if it's time to call it quits because oftentimes I'm seeing a lot especially with like some of my younger friends they are making up and breaking up like crazy and so how how do you know yeah are you interested in similar dreams do you want to help each other accomplish those dreams are you interested in finding hey, what do we have in common and how can we build that together? Um, Relationships that have a similar dream are ones that are typically gonna go to the distance. And in the beginning, infatuation, you just think they're cute, you know, and you think they're kind of adorable, but you don't kind of go beyond there to find out and explore what are we gonna build in this life together? Right, And but I think sometimes, you know, you don't necessarily know your dreams when you meet your partner and also being able to work together as you both grow i think i i will sometimes see one person and i mean i my husband and i have struggled with this in the past where one of us is growing faster than the other and we're we're having a hard time meeting eye to eye because the other one isn't kind of I don't know. I'm trying to think of the way it is. Like there was a time when I was really struggling in my life and I was almost like bringing him down. Like I would bring my negative negative energy into our relationship Mm. and was looking to him to make me feel better versus taking action for myself. And it was something that was like a big wake up call for me. And I started watching our sex life, everything getting better when I started taking action and feeling good. But I think it's hard to know because we get into such a negative headspace when it really is us. Yes. Well, there is a really good balance between still maintaining who we are as an individual and not wrapping our entire life into that other person and expecting them to fulfill us for everything, that we are doing some of our own personal fulfillment and we are exploring our own dreams. But then we're also talking about that dream with our partner and sharing, and they become our cheerleader, and they root us on for those things. But we also have to do a healthy balance of rooting our own self on. And how do you know, like, how can we tell our listeners, like, no matter how much you're rooting yourself on, like, your partner is not coming on to to play with you. Like, he is not there for you. How do you, like, how do you know it's time? No. Yeah, so if we're starting to get into, you know, what I would call more of a toxic relationship where the person is more self-absorbed, they're thinking about their self, they're not asking about your dreams, they are, you know, one-upping you maybe even. You come home and you're like, oh, I've had a terrible day, and then they launch immediately into their terrible day. They're not able to reflect and stay with you and stay in that place of understanding your experience for the day. Um, they're not really interested in you as a person going and growing. That's a good point. All right, I like that, I like that. Um, The next one for me was, what was the first thing I noticed about my partner? Okay, well, I mean, I gotta be really honest here. I, I I can't take the judgment, I can't take the judgment. I don't really remember meeting my husband super well. I was like, tipsy entering a nightclub he I was walking in he was walking out I don't necessarily remember this part but I guess he like did a turnaround and like walked in and asked me if um he could buy me a drink um and you know what the rest was history on night (laughs) one but the next morning I woke up and I'm like oh code red like my alarm went off at 5 40 I had to be at work and 
I remember being like, you need to get out of here. Like, this is, like, bye. Like, right. I was recently divorced. I'm like, we, we got to go. I'm like, Edward, let's move it or lose it, buddy. Come on. And um, he was like, well, I mean, you got to. It was, like, before Ubers. So he's like, well, can you drive me to a Starbucks so I can get, like, a taxi from an easier place? And I remember the entire time that we were driving, we were laughing. Ah. And so that's my first real memory is like that next day where I'm like a disaster having to go to work at 6 a.m. And I'm kind of just like teasing him like he had a ponytail at the time and like leather pants on. Not kidding. (laughs) And I was like, honestly, you are so not my type. Like, how did this happen? He was like, I don't know. Must have been the (laughs) drinks, you know, like whatever. Uh -uh. But he could take a joke and laugh with me. Uh, And then he would tease me back. And that moment I was like, okay, I don't know what this is going to turn into. But this morning was fun. Yeah. And I like a person that can laugh and like take, I can get kind of serious sometimes Mm -hmm. and he can like make a situation fun for me. So for me, that's what I first noticed about my partner. Uh, I love that. He made you laugh. I mean, we need that because someday all the, you know, when we're old and wrinkly, we need that person who can still make us laugh. And like not, he wasn't like taking himself too seriously. So for me, like those are things that I realized I really like in somebody because life can be very serious sometimes. And like, yes, we wanna have those serious conversations and yes, we can, but at the end of the day, when like stuff is out of our control, you want somebody that's gonna be able to like smile or tell you a joke or like laugh at your joke and you're like, okay, all right, life's okay. So that's my long slash short answer. Um, how many partners have I had in the past? Excuse me. Whoa. <laughs> We're getting Excuse personal on a Monday. Excuse me. Uh, would a certain number for someone else be a deal breaker? Um, I'm not going to share my number. People can be a little judgy. <laughs> um, but I, it's not the lowest number in the world. It's not the biggest number in the world. Um, but I do know that um, I told my husband my number. I, I don't know why, it was like the beginning and he asked. Um, I don't think he cared either way. And mm-hmm. when I asked him his, he was like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> I was like, well, whatever my number is now is like definitely better than yours. Um, but I don't know, for me, it's not necessarily a deal breaker. Um, but what are your thoughts on numbers and people that are, take that very seriously? Yeah, you know, everyone's so different. And I think it's finding someone who is open to talking about it. Um, I have range of clients. I have clients that they have no numbers and they've purposely gone into life saying, you know what, I want the one and only and that's it. And that's what works for them. And then I have clients who've said, you know, the number really doesn't matter to me and other clients that are a little bit concerned about it. Is this person going to see me as their last and only and be okay with that? Um, So it's really finding someone who's open to dialoguing about it, comfortable about dialoguing about it. (laughs) I do know that Edwin said to me when I said my number, he goes, what? Every girl I've ever been with has told me three. I'm like, that's just the number they say. It sounds, (laughs) it sounds really good, but come on. Um, but I I think that's something, yeah, truthfully, you, you talk through with your partner and you figure it out. And I, I, I can't even remember. I think it was, I heard on Ryan Seacrest one morning about somebody talking about, there was a, a couple that went out on a date, a blind date, and the guy never called the girl back. And he, she thought they had a good date. Or if, I, if I'm getting this wrong, Easton, please step in. But he 
never called her back because she shared her number and her number was whatever I'm gonna make it up 10 and he was like I could never see myself being with somebody that had been with 10 people so even though they had had a good date um, it was like a total turnoff for him and then their conversation during it made me so awkward because the girls like kind of trying to be like well I'm happy with my number like what's wrong with you that you're so judgmental Mm -hmm. that you can't get over it even though we had this date so if that is in somebody's mind, but like, granted, the guy, his no, it's not like he'd never been with anybody. So how do you, how do you justify that behavior if some, if one person is so particular about what a number may be when they themselves don't follow the same standard? Well, it's it's fascinating because they're in a little bit of denial and uh, and they're a little bit one sided. So. I would say run anyway, because he's not someone who's going to be open about talking about probably intimacy and sex later in the relationship. He's going to be very focused about him on his own self. And that's not a good indicator anyway. And what he thinks he wants and, and what, what he, he wants to absolutely. you know portray or whatever. It's yeah. about image. Um, if I was with a guy and found out he was bisexual, would that change my feelings for him? I haven't ever... This hasn't ever come up for me, so I don't really have like a, an answer. I think I would consistently worry that my partner wasn't actually interested in me. I, th- I mean, just being completely honest, um, I don't know. It, it, to me, it kind of goes in the same way of like threesomes or any kind of open relationship. I, I think I would just worry. Mm-hmm. It's, it's an unknown to me. So why would you worry more about the bisexual piece versus just if you're in a relationship, you know, are you worrying they're going to think about another woman? No, I think I would worry that he actually wanted to be with a man and just wasn't like, I don't know. Ah. I think that would I think that would worry me. Right. Well, it really comes down to what they understand commitment is. And if they believe in a commitment long term relationship and they're with the person that they're with, why does it matter if they're male or female um, that they might have an interest in uh, in the past? I agree with you. I know. I guess that's my own my own insecurity or I. I don't know. I, I see that's that one kind of stumped me. I don't I don't necessarily think I would be bothered. But I did read something in the press recently about a couple that was talking about it. And um, the girl had said in the media, you know, like I am this way, but I decided to settle with my husband. And that phrasing, I remember thinking like, well, I don't know that I want that would make me feel bad. Well, I would agree. Settle. We don't want to settle anywhere because well, that's not that's not a foundational strong foundation to start or like I thought it was would be a better idea to end up with this it was something along those lines but I remember reading it and thinking that wouldn't sit that great with me no that I I would agree settled is not the right word and uh choosing because it would it's maybe the better decision other people would think it's a better decision you need to be confident in your own decision and your own choice of who do you see yourself building a life with Yeah. So, I mean, I don't have a definitive answer on that. If it were to ever come up in my life, we will talk about it and I'll give you my answer. But I can only do hypotheticals on that. Um, All right. What are your thoughts on porn? Is it okay for your spouse or partner to watch porn without you? Well, 
Porn's an interesting one. It's a little bit challenging. It can spice some relationships up, but sometimes, you know, porn can be a little unrealistic. I don't know about you. I mean, you're in great shape. But maybe, well, <laughs> and, you know, maybe you can stand on your head and put yourself in crazy positions. I like that you think that about me. Yeah, but, but um, <laughs> you know, a lot of people, what we see related in porn isn't always realistic. And uh, and so sometimes it can affect the relationship and uh, in the intimacy in the long term actually can suffer. Where if you can just explore with each other and have conversations about our sexuality and what we like, what we don't like, try fun things, bring fun games into the room. Uh, I think it's a lot healthier. Um, porn, you know, sometimes can start, uh, you know, create for a some, divide. It can create a divide. What if you're watching porn together? I mean, if you're watching it together, I guess it's a, you know, somewhat similar to a type of a game and a role playing, but why not just do it together? Why not create your own role play together? So if you're somebody who's kind of gotten to a situation in their relationship where it has gotten a little bit of it's staying the same, how do you branch out and learn about trying new things without, I mean, what are, what are some methods that people can kind of branch out from other than this unrealistic porn watching. Right. So I love um, Dr. John and Julie Gottman's work. Um, they have what's called the Got Sex program. Um, but one of the things they've built is an app. Of course, there's an app for that. Of course. Right? <laughs> but uh, their app, uh, the Gottman Card Decks, are fabulous because they have mild, medium, and spicy things you can do with your partner. And questions to ask men about sex and questions to ask women about sex. Sometimes if we just can learn to talk about it um, and we need a little guidance sometimes. I mean, we're a pretty sexualized culture, but yet we have a hard time talking about sex and especially with our partners. Um, so the cards are really great because it'll start the conversation and then it gives you fun activities to try out. And is it normal for sex drive to decrease over time? Yes, sex drive can, or, or hormones can uh, impact that. Uh, however, if we're nurturing an emotional relationship with our partner, that tends to keep the sex drive, you know, a little bit more connected. Do you often see that either men or women, or does it not make a difference who has a higher sex drive based on gender? Yeah, you know, I certainly see couples all the time in my practice that the woman has a higher sex drive than the man. You know, it's not always the other way around. Yes, men sometimes have much higher sex drive, especially with women when we get, you know, kids in the picture, our minds divided. Um, sometimes that can be affected. Our hormones can change and affect it, but it can be on both sides. Is it common that, like, your sex drive goes up when you're pregnant? Oh, yes. I am like, it's ridiculous. And it's like a situation. And I'm uh -huh. like, and it's not even, <laughs> I mean, let's be honest, there's no porn work happening here. I mean, this is, a, mm -hmm. but I'm like, what is the problem? It'll be like midday. And I'm like, what? why am I thinking about this right now? You know, hormones are great. And hey, you're already pregnant, so you don't have to worry about pregnancy. <laughs> so it's free sex, you know? And then you get to menopause. And sometimes you think this is Mother Nature's cruel thing because like your sex drive when you're in menopause as a woman, man, game on every day walking through the door. I'm like, come on, let's go. <laughs> and they're like, wait, I'm tired. 
tired. <laughs> but you would think like uh, it's my sex drive has increased more in my third trimester than it was in the first or second. So I'm like, what is this? Because I mean, I have to tell you, it is hard for me to get up from this chair and walk to the restroom. So like, what is it about hormones that I, I, I'm just confused? Yeah. Well, you know what? Also, we know that, you know, sex can help us go into labor later in life. Oh, so, so you think we like, I, that's my like labor. actual message? Like, in my mind, I'm like, well, if I do this, then mm-hmm. I'm going to have an easier delivery. Yep. That's yep. like my women's intuition happening. Uh, mother, yep. Yep. All right. I'll take it. Um, so what are some natural aphrodisiacs? Ooh. Uh, there's lots of them out there. Uh, Is it bad that I'm like, what's an aphrodisiac? <laughs> Google, I need the actual definition. Uh, you know, the classics, of course, are oysters, chocolate. Um, there's some really fabulous Chinese herbs. Um, you know, I think the, one of the biggest aphrodisiacs usually is communication. You know, that makes sense. And it's feeling emotionally connected with the person. To be truly seen um, is probably one of the biggest aphrodisiacs. But then how come sometimes makeup sex or hate sex is such a big deal? Ah, because, you know, you've hopefully you've worked it out and you feel like the other person finally understands why I was so upset. And then you throw a little bit of adrenaline, a little bit of testosterone in. When we have a conflict, we're getting testosterone. And so, yeah, we feel a little bit heated and... So we like to go at it afterwards. All right. Okay. Um, now this one, I I can actually kind of relate to because when I was really um, struggling about how I was feeling about myself and I was really having a lot of like, like negative self-talk, um, this woman had written in, I'm scared for my partner to see me naked, so I always have sex in the dark or with a t-shirt. Do you think it's ruining it for him? Mm. Yeah. Well, you know, if we're not confident about our own body, you know, no matter what size we are, we're going to go through different sizes. And certainly, you know, unfortunately, we live in a world that shows us perfect images all the time on Instagram, which we know are filtered. They're not always real. Um, So really being able to be comfortable with our own self and our own skin, you know, is important for our partner and our partner, you know, they've they're accepting us. They're loving us. That's the good, the bad, and the ugly moments of, hey, I take you no matter how you look, you know, wide-eyed, crazy in the morning time, you know, bad breath, I love you, you know, and it doesn't matter how you look, I'm connected to something deeper than this outer external. Well, something that you said, you just said bad breath. So, I mean, I know some people who like, they're they're morning sex people, but they will constantly say like, oh, my husband or my wife, like, does it kill the moment to say like, babe, can you go brush your teeth first? (laughs) (laughs) Like, does it? I mean, but really you want to have sex, but like you can't pop. I mean, I could kind of sympathize that like maybe sometimes you'd want them to go for a quick freshen. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, Listerine strips by your bed, Perfect for the morning. Pop that in, roll over, wake your partner up. You know, you're a real problem solver. I like that. (laughs) Okay, so breath strips, guys. Um, Is there such thing as too much sex? What? Too much sex? No. So there's no, but how do you know if somebody's ranging on like a sex addiction? Okay. So if we're thinking about sex and we're not getting work done or we're popping into the bathroom, at work, um, you know, hey, might be a little bit, you know, out of uh, control, and we might be a little bit on the addicted side. 
But if if you have a partner who is constantly like riding you for se- like every single day, they're mm-hmm. like, "Are we gonna have sex? Are we gonna have sex? Are we gonna have sex?" Like I have friends who that is how their partner, and they're like, you know, "Yeah, it's flattering to a point." Mm-hmm. But at some point, it's like, now you make me feel bad because I don't want to have sex two times a day, you know, 10 years into marriage. Mm -hmm. Again, goes back to the communication. What's going on that we're just focused on the sex piece versus our relationship piece, you know? And so if we can get underneath the surface, yeah, we all have a sex drive and some have higher sex drives. But what's really going on that that's the most important part of our relationship versus building this life? Wow. All right. So communication, guys, it's key. No matter we want to have it or not, we have to talk about it. it. Gets to the root. This one, also, I think a lot of us can can relate to. It's my wife always seems exhausted slash miserable after taking care of the kids all day when I get home from work, and then wonders why I don't want to have sex with her. Mm. So. What are some tools if they're, I mean, believe me, when you're raising kids and you're exhausted and like, Mm -hmm. if, you know, I I can, I can completely relate to this some days. Like the last thing in your mind, you want to like put on a fake smile and be like, hey, it was the best day ever. But what are some ways that you can kind of spice it up for your partner or how do, how can somebody even be self-aware that they may be doing this? Yeah. Well, you know, this comes back to, again, are we keeping the romance of our relationship alive in a healthy way? Are we creating and setting aside sacred time for our relationship? Are we making a time to have a date? You know, because if I know I have a date with my partner, I'm looking forward to that. Um, think of when those dating years, you know, we would look about look at, oh, gosh, what outfit am I going to wear? How am I going to do my hair? Um Where are we going to be going? There's excitement that's there. So if we're setting up in the week a sacred time that we're looking forward to, um, we're a little bit more excited when our partner gets home to talk about, hey, what are we going to do on our date this week? So they should schedule a date for their wife and that type of thing. I I work in a business, it's health and wellness, and I help hold people accountable to their health and fitness goals and people men will approach me on the street when they know what I what I do and they'll go, hey, can you help my wife? Hey, can you help my wife? She hasn't been feeling that good about herself. And so it's affected our sex life or it's affected, you know, her asking for that raise at work. Can you help her? And I'm like, well, does your wife want to make a change? Yeah. I can assure you if it's you pushing her, it's not going to be, I, I'm not going to be able to help her. I, I'm actually going to drive a wedge in between your marriage, but mm-hmm. she has to be ready. And oftentimes they'll say to me, well, how do we make her ready before our marriage fails? Because how do we make her ready? What is that answer? If somebody, you you know, is just kind of miserable, uncomfortable in their own skin and not feeling good, how do you as a partner lift the other partner up by helping them make that change but without pushing them and driving a wedge in your relationship? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. You know, again, it's the, it's the key word, communication. It's talking about small things often and doing small things, you know, building a culture of appreciation, telling your partner, hey, I really appreciate how much you're there for our kids, or I appreciate how much you are there for our relationship, respecting each other. Um, Again, talking about things that are not just about your relationship, but finding out about their interests. But how do you, if somebody says like, you know, to their husband, I feel miserable, I'm tired, I don't feel good, I don't like looking at myself in the mirror. 
what does a husband respond to keep the intimacy alive? Like if my husband responded, well, do something about it. I'd be like, go F yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, so what are some actual things they can say? How can I help? I love you just the way you are, but I see that you're not happy with your own self. How can I help? What can I do? Is there something I can do on the weekend so you can get out and do something that brings joy to you? That is so instead fun. of coming up with a solution, mm -hmm. you ask, how can I help? Mm -hmm. And then you're not trying to be a fixer. Right. Oh, so good. We have to take a break on that. And then we're going to come back with uh, Leela Darville, who empowers individuals to embrace their sexuality and discover their most authentic expression in sex. You like to watch the new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump. Join Lisa and her hand-selected staff at Chateau Rosabelle, a glamorous estate in the French countryside as they live, work, and play together 24-7. Vanderpump Villa is where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. Don't miss the new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. Season five promises new horizons for the entire Kardashian clan. And if you're looking for steamy streams, check out Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise. The sizzling new reality show set on the Caribbean island of Grand Cayman, where the rich come to play. But be warned, it's a small island and secrets don't stay secret for long. So come check out what's new on Hulu this month. It's streaming now and it's waiting for you on Hulu. For the love, there is nothing worse than shaving your legs. It takes so much time out of your day and you may cut yourself by accident. A total game changer to my beauty routine is Nair. That is right. The OG hair removal. Not only do I love my nair, my daughter Slate does as well. My mom used to let me nair when I was her age, but it was not the best smell back then. But now, nair smells so dang good. Nair will save so much time. And the best part is no nicks, no cuts, and you will have smooth skin for days. You have to make sure to check out Nair's new sensational shower creams and body creams. Like I said, they all smell amazing. My favorite shower cream is the Moroccan Argan Oil and Orange Blossom. The scent creates the ultimate pampering experience. I also recommend the Nourishing Oat Milk and Vanilla Body Cream. I swear, the scent lasts on your body for hours. Smell for yourself. Try the reformulated Nair body and shower creams available at retailers nationwide and online. Hi, it's Tamara Judge, co-owner of Vena CBD, where our mission is your health and wellness. At Vena, we understand life's daily challenges, and that's why we offer a range of CBD products designed to help you find balance and feel your best. Whether you're struggling with stress, sleep, or just looking for a daily wellness boost, we've got you covered. If you struggle getting a good night's sleep like me, listen up. I started sleeping better right away when I started taking Lights Out Sleep Gummies before bed. Our best sellers, like the Cloud9 Mood Enhancing Gummy and our Lights Out Sleep Gummy, are made with the highest quality of ingredients, grown right here in the USA, ensuring that you get all the benefits without any compromise. 
And we stand by our products. Not only are they third-party tested for quality, but we also offer a 30-day satisfaction guarantee. Experience the difference with Vena CBD and take the first step towards a more balanced you. Visit venacbd.com today and explore our range of products. And for our podcast listeners, enjoy an exclusive discount on your first order. Just use the code TEAPOD, T-E-A-P-O-D, at checkout for buy one, get one free. Hi, everyone. This is Rachel Zoe with the Climbing in Heels podcast. We recently sat down with a few recipients of the Botox Cosmetic Onobotulinum Toxin A and iFund Women Grants at South by Southwest, thanks to Botox Cosmetic. Take a listen to our conversation. It's so good. What advice would you give to upcoming like female entrepreneurs or just already sort of established trying to survive still? I literally joke with my staff and, and we always are saying, oh, you want to be an entrepreneur? You want to be broke all the time and working 24-7? Ooh. Yeah, but look so, at you. Yeah, right? But I'm here. So the advice that I give is and I coined this, and I believe I said it on my TED Talk, that your passion follows you. You cannot follow your passion. So my advice is to let your passion follow you, get out of your own way, and never stop and never settle. This episode was brought to you by Botox Cosmetic. Learn more at BotoxCosmetic.com and talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, call 877 877- Three five one zero three zero zero, and follow the Climbing in Heels podcast on iHeartRadio, or subscribe where you listen to your podcast. Hi, Leela. Welcome to Teddy Teapod. Hi. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for coming on. Do you mind telling our listeners a little bit about yourself? Sure. Yeah. My, um, I'm Leela Deville, and I'm a sex and intimacy coach, and I'm also the host. Uh, the host one of the hosts of Intimate Knowledge, which is a podcast with Brooke Burke and Megan King Edmonds. Um, and I work with predominantly women um, in my practice. I work one-on-one and in workshops. Um, and I really help provide the tools for women to uh, access their authentic expression in sex, whatever that is for them. Very cool. And I know you have a couple kids mm-hmm. yourself, right? I do. I'm a mom of two boys. I have a six-year-old and I have a two-year-old. And so um, since becoming a mom, a lot of my work um, in the sexuality realm has been around uh, weaving in sexuality and motherhood, which is generally a topic that is um, not combined, really. Um, It was actually the number one question asked by my listeners was how to keep intimacy alive after kids. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, well, a lot of the time what we're trying to do is reach back into into time um, to the way that it was before we had children. Um, and the thing is, we're just, when we become one, so many things shift um, in the relationship dynamic, but also just with our personal identity. And socially, I really feel that motherhood and sexuality isn't intertwined um, and they're kind of juxtaposed and so it can be really difficult to kind of integrate our sexual selves with our maternal selves and that the pro- that kind of process um, kind of flows out during motherhood and that, that's the, the maturing process of motherhood I feel. So how do 
you keep the desire to be intimate with your significant other after kids, especially when you're busy or you're tired? Or what are some tips? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, motherhood in the way that we do it today is completely can be completely overwhelming. I know for myself, I enter that kind of overwhelm period a lot during my day. Um, feelings of like being touched out is a, is a huge one. When I like when you're breastfeeding or when you've got a little babe and they're always on you, and when you go to the bathroom, so it can be overwhelming. And there's just so many things to do. And so I look at more when I when I talk about pleasure, I'm really talking. I'll, I'll talk about pleasure in a moment, but pleasure as in things that feel good, that felt experience of enjoyment. And I feel the more that we can anchor ourselves in that sense, that feeling of pleasure throughout our day then these kind of things with the kids and the overwhelm that we experience with the way that we mother um, become way more manageable. And so practice pleasure as an experience. Can you give me, can you give me Mm -hmm. some like, I don't know, tips or suggestions on how to practice pleasure? Yeah, I mean, it's, it, always, it comes back to sensuality. So it comes back to instead of like all these external things that are going on, coming in to your own body, occupying your body, and having that felt experience of pleasure. So it could be just taking a moment to pause and just for a moment and feel the sun kind of um, hit your skin and the, the experience of that or taking your shower and really absorbing yourself in the joy of having a shower and that moment to yourself. And then when you go back into engaging externally with your kids and with your, with your partner, it becomes much more manageable. So it's just pleasure as experience, as a practice. Right. Does that make sense? That, that does make sense. Yeah. And, it, and it's not like, because I'm always afraid to give, uh, especially mums, another thing to do on their their busy to-do list throughout their days. And so it really is just taking these small moments to take a breath and be with ourselves and be occupied in our body rather than doing all the stuff that we need to do. And especially if you've fallen out of the pattern of like having consistent you know, spontaneous sex with your partner, how do you get back into it? You know, you can almost start to fall. Like it almost becomes like the uncomfortable because it's been a while or now each partner. Yeah. So how do you work through that? So I have to say with this one, it, it, I think we have to recognize just how we are mothering these days where we don't, don't, a lot of us don't have a lot of support. Um, And so, and it can be a very isolating experience. And so I feel like mothers definitely need more, more support, first and foremost. Um, and when it comes to their partners, I don't think, I, I really don't feel there's enough of a conversation around how um, we heal after birth. And so there's this, like, for instance, when I was having a baby, I was told after six weeks, you can now have penetrative sex. <laughs> and... <laughs> and that's all all of the conversation that I had was around, oh yeah, just just wait six weeks and you'll be fine. But there's just so many other things at play. Um and and so one of the one thing that I usually tell for women, because they usually when they engage with their partner in intimacy, they feel that it's going in one direction, which is usually sex equals intercourse. And after becoming a mum, it can be 
um, that may not be desirable. Like there can be still healing, it could be birth trauma. Um, that just feels like too much. It's too much for our systems. And so I, a lot of the time with new mums or even mums that just haven't healed from their birth experience fully, I say take penetration off the table. So that's engaging with your partner intimately and in sexual play that, isn't go, that, that doesn't have an agenda, that it's not going from A to B to C and then we, it ends in penetration. So that's a huge one is creating this um, space for play and for curiosity that isn't goal-oriented, that isn't going to any one particular place. Because a lot of women, when they become mums or are in the mothering, it's, um, it's like any kind of touch that is going in that direction they don't want. Right. I don't know if you have that experience, but for me it's like sometimes I can just feel completely touched out, completely spent, and then to be giving of myself in that way with my partner, it's just like another place where I'm giving. So I, So the most important thing is to create a space where it's where you're receiving that's something that feels really good and nourishing to you and sometimes that doesn't look like having sex like we've known it to be before so it's kind of opening your eyes to new possibilities and changing things up absolutely and what about if it has nothing to do with kids and you're just in a sex rut with your partner well with a with a sex rut I also think it's the same kind of thing. It's like, well, whatever is on offer isn't desirable anymore. And usually we have a default in sex. Like we know what's going to happen. We know the play. Um, we know the route that we usually go to orgasm or how he gets off or, um, or how our partner, you know, wants their pleasure. And so when we, like I kind of liken it to going to Paris. Like imagine if all you did every time you went to Paris, you went to see the Eiffel Tower. Um, which is the Eiffel Tower is amazing. It's great. But after the 10th or 13th time of going to the Eiffel Tower, just to the Eiffel Tower, every single time, that one route, it becomes less desirable. Like you have less of an inclination to ever want to go to Paris because you know what that experience is going to be. So it's about broadening the possibility in the sexual experience. How does somebody do that? Like if, if, if they're in a place where they've done the same thing for 15 years with their partner and now they want to start to broaden it, how do you even start that conversation? Mm -hmm. What are things that you do? Like what are actual tools to, to make those changes? Yeah, having like communicating is one of the biggest hurdles to creating the experiences that we want. Um, this is one of the reasons I love the, the podcast that I'm doing as well is because it, it cracks open that conversation and also takes sex out of the taboo. And also people can listen to other people's stories about what they're experiencing sexually and they don't feel so alone. So it's, and, and it's not so shameful to be experiencing what you're experiencing. So it kind of starts to unravel the, the shame spiral as well. And so often we don't communicate what we want with our partner because we're worried about how they're going to receive that information. So we're worried we're going to hurt their feelings or if we say that we want it like X or we want to try something new, then it means something about how we've been doing it for the past 15 years. Um, but again, it's really about bringing it into the realm of play. Like imagine if you wanted to learn how to tango dance. So you, you put tango dancing out in front of you as if, oh, how can we get from here to here? 
and how can what steps do we need to take and what do we need to get a coach do we need to um, watch some videos like how could we learn how to tango dance together and usually in a relationship that is in a sex rut um, both partners are aware of it um, and it just needs to be spoken to it's like all that needs to really be said is you know I really want it to be better like every like one thing I know for sure in my job is that everybody wants more than they're currently experiencing whether even if they're having fantastic sex they want to be experiencing more so it's saying to your partner that you know I really want this to be better I want to desire sex more and getting on the same page as your partner is we a lot of the times we feel at odds with our partner like we're on opposite sides of a team but <laughs> when when you get down to it both partners usually want each other's pleasure they want to be in pleasure more and they want to give pleasure more and they want to um they just want it to be great so and most if we're talking about male partners which i talk about of course a lot with my female clients is that you know they want our deepest expression of pleasure that's all they're looking for and so whatever is going to bring us the most pleasure they're all they're up for it and um, and when we're having these conversations with our male part partners it's really important that it's an invitation that it's not like you're doing this wrong and it's a criticism but they're actually it's actually an invitation like i want to discover what else is available in my body sexually can you help me do that most men I know put up their hands very quickly to, to, <laughs> to be involved in that. Um, so no, that's yeah, a good point. It's, it's making it a in positive the realm of invitation. Yes, and it is, isn't it? Like if you're getting, if you're in more pleasure, your partner's actually going to be getting exactly what he what he wants, and, which is your authentic pleasure. <laughs> and and, um, and and men need more guidance. They, they want the invitation to be involved in it and they want guidance because most of them are just kind of doing what they've done before with you, with you or doing something that they did with someone else that worked or doing something they saw in porn. So the more clues we can give to what's happening in our bodies, um, the better. That makes sense. What, the, the next question actually makes me laugh. Um, is oral sex necessary? <laughs> What are your thoughts I mean, on that? <laughs> is it necessary? I love the yeah, phrasing um, of that. <laughs> I know. She's loving I, it. Underneath that, <laughs> underneath that, she's not loving it, right? right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I know for some people it is absolutely necessary and for other people it's not. Um, and I don't know if she's referring to the giving or receiving part of it. Um, and I know... A lot of women I work with actually don't love oral sex because they're worried about how they look, how their vulva looks, or they're worried about how they smell, um, or they're worried that they're hairy and they haven't showered or haven't waxed or whatever. And so there can be like a lot of resistance to receiving oral sex because they don't feel comfortable enough in their bodies. And so that to me says that, okay, there needs, there's a little bit of um, self-love and self-acceptance and, um, and maybe a little bit of re-education around um, what um, vulvas look like and that we're not we, we are so varied and different and what we see in the media and porn definitely isn't a represent, representation of what um, the female anatomy looks like 
Yeah, I mean, like, porn is, like, how Instagram is to people's daily lives these days. Like, everybody, yeah. you know, it's like, yeah. come on. I call it lifestyle porn. <laughs> yeah. What, and what do you think the, I mean, I hate to say the word average, but what do you think the standard amount of times it's healthy to have sex a week? Like, is there that, uh, or is everybody so, different? No. It's so individual. You can ask, you can ask someone, and say, oh, I'm only having sex three times a week, and then someone else can say I'm it's amazing I'm having sex three times a week but like it's so varied and and what our drive is and and also it's not a constant thing our sexuality it changes day to day over the kind of space of a week over the space of a lifetime you know we um it it really shifts and changes through through our lifetime and the seasons that we go through and the changes that we go through so um yeah I don't think there is a normal well, I know I got a lot of heat um, last year. I, I said publicly that my husband and I, like, schedule sex, which I didn't really mean no, schedule yeah. sex, but I meant, like, we will kind of, like, give each other the face. Like, you know, like, we'll know it's happening later, so we look forward to really? it. And people had this, like, huge reaction to it. Like, I can't yeah. believe you would schedule sex and blah, blah, blah. And then it came up where my husband publicly said, they go, what's your favorite thing about your wife and his response was she's very organized and I was like you know what see it goes to, <laughs> he appreciates that I'm scheduling our sex but I'll, I mean that, that really is the truth I mean for me I know it gives us like a little pep in our step if he's leaving for work or I'm leaving yeah. to drop off the kids and like I mean it sounds cheesy but one of, one of us is like you're mine later or like something like that but just to kind of yeah. set the tone for the day that like it doesn't have to be a negative thing to let your partner no. know that you want them or you're interested in them. Yeah, exactly. I think a lot of the negativity would come from people who maybe don't have kids, don't run a business and don't run a household. Like, you know, lives are very, very busy. And to think that sex is just going to spontaneously happen in amongst all that you're dealing with day to day, um, I think is a little bit um, naive. Um, and also it's also kind of goes back to that idea of of what people think great sex is a lot of people think great sex is just that sex that kind of happens seamlessly like you know like uninterrupted where where somebody knows exactly what it is that you want and you don't have to communicate about it it's like you know that it just has this continuous flow and I think great sex that actually is about connection and if you can facilitate that connection by carving out time in your day where you both know um i think it's wonderful what and you- everybody's different i mean it's not i don't think that great sex is just about spontaneity so it's really, okay good thank you for yeah. validating me right there i really appreciate it no, I, yeah <laughs> and I, I at times when my life gets full and really busy and my relationship and and sex is is obviously a priority in my life, then I prioritize it. And the way that I do that is carving out time. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, how on, on that carving out time and being open and communicating, how do you communicate if you aren't sexually satisfied? Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't go into it with like, I'm not satisfied. Um, I would always offer first the invitation, like I mentioned, but also um, suggestion, <laughs> um, because it's it's not about just pointing out the problem, but it's also about saying it's this isn't you, this is this is me, this is 
this is me that I'm working with and I want you to be involved in it. And um, I definitely feel that the more that we can anchor into our own bodies and be in our own bodies and know what's happening in terms of our internal experience, um, the the better we can communicate that with our partner. So um, I I really love um, self-pleasuring for this. Um, not as a way in, oh, this is my quickest path to orgasm, but when you're with your partner, you can kind of lead them and lean into um, sensation and that is really pleasurable. So I, I would say for this person to really develop a self-pleasuring practice, um, I have a really great one on my website if you want to check it out. Um, I, I wrote a e-book about it, and so I can send that to anyone who's really wanting to, who's kind of stuck and not knowing how to discover their pleasure. Um, and, yeah, I really feel it is about knowing your own pleasure so that you can then communicate it with your partner. So you can properly um, communicate it because nobody wants yeah. to be given advice but not actually told what they need to do. Is that I mean at least have be able to guide somebody in the physical sense. It's like imagine like getting receiving a massage, but the the pressure not being right or not being in the right spot. And so being able to give that valuable feedback um, and being comfortable enough to give that feedback because you really know and are like you're confident with your body enough to be able to communicate it is everything. Um, yeah, I think, like I said, men, especially our male partners, need more clues to how your body operates and what feels good. They're kind of just stabbing in the dark. They have really, unless you can give the feedback, they're just trying things on. Well, <laughs> well speaking of, of feedback, this next yeah. question is, my partner likes to talk dirty, but it makes me uncomfortable mm-hmm. because he's like a different person when he does it. Help, he wants me to do it back. So if, that, <laughs> if that's happening, what is she, what do we do? Oh, well, yeah, we spoke about this on our podcast too, about dirty talk. Um, I would say, you know, everybody has a different style. And um, if he, if, if it's putting you off, I would just request that you would like to see it, that, yeah, that you would like more to doing, do less talking. Like. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Can you? I would like you to do what you want to do to me, rather than saying it out loud. I just want to see what that experience is like, um, and also to get comfortable with with dirty talk. Um, I I definitely think vocalizing what's happening in your body is a really great way to to be involved in dirty talk without having to take it into like the daddy realm, like, you know, like, give it to me, daddy, or do it like this now, you know, I'm like, you don't have the to go that right far. Now. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to go that far. I mean, really just putting voice to what is happening in your body and what feels good is a really great way to participate with, with, with something that you feel comfortable with, with you know? Well, um, now, also, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. No, I was just meant to say a lot of a lot of women have trouble articulating what they want sexually, and so a great way to kind of resource yourself is to listen to audio erotica, um, and hear how just to, to hear story 
um, played out with erotic language and kind of build your vocabulary for for different sensation. That's a great way. I know we have to take a little break, but this has been such good information. For anybody who wants to learn more about self-pleasuring practice, what is your website? My website is loving. Leela, L-I-L-A, at Gmail, oh, sorry, lovingleela, um, dot com. Okay, perfect. I'll say that again. So it's lovingleela, L-I-L-A, dot com. Awesome. Um, yeah, so I have an e-book there. And also you can listen to me on um, Intimate Knowledge with Brooke Burke and Megan King Edmonds. And we talk about this stuff all day. Perfect. I love it. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you so much, Sadie. Well, you guys, I feel like I loved talking to Jenny and to Leela. They both had so much incredible info. If you guys want to find out more about them, uh, Leela does a podcast called Intimate Knowledge, which you can find wherever you listen to podcasts. And then um, Jenny not only helps, you know, relationships, she also helps kids and she has books two books called one called mindfulness for teens and the other one called the mindfulness journal for teens. They're both available now. Um, I feel like for next week's podcast, I loved a lot of the information that we got today, but I want like tangible tools. I know we need to communicate better. How, what do we say? What do we do? What are the next steps? So I am going to bring on specialist Dr. Viv and we're going to get to the rest of your questions and I am going to dig deep on figuring out the actual tools that we need to get what we want to accomplish to a better sex and intimacy. Thanks for listening. Subscribe to Teddy Teapot on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Staying consistent is hard, but it's important if you want to see results. Symbiotica is one of the fastest growing health and wellness companies right now, and they're one of the only brands that are committed to your health. They only use the cleanest and purest ingredients in their formulas. No seed oils, no preservatives, or toxins. Let me walk you through my morning routine. I wake up, make my coffee, and then make sure to fill my water with Symbiotica Pure Hydration before my early morning workout. They source the best ingredients from all around the world. And I've loved every supplement I've tried so far. What's even better is that Symbiotica makes it a breeze to stay on track. With a subscription, your supplements arrive at your doorstep every month. Ready to feel the results? Head over to Symbiotica.com and use code POD for 15% off your subscription order. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring, well, The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. Zen Nicotine Pouches deliver nicotine satisfaction anywhere, anytime, which means Zen pairs well with you, your personality, your schedule, and your spontaneity. Zen fits easily into your bag, pocket, and into your life because it's smoke-free, hands-free, and hassle-free. So the only person who will know you have a Zen pouch in is you. Visit Zen.com or head to your local convenience store today to find your Zen. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. 
Hi, everyone. This is Rachel Zoe with the Climbing in Heels podcast. We recently sat down with a few recipients of the Botox Cosmetic, Onobotulinum Toxin A, and iFund Women Grants at South by Southwest, thanks to Botox Cosmetic. Take a listen to our conversation. It's so good. What advice would you give to upcoming like female entrepreneurs or just already sort of established trying to survive still? I literally joke with my staff and, and we always are saying, oh, you want to be an entrepreneur? You want to be broke all the time and working 24-7? Ooh. Yeah, but look so, at you. Yeah, right? But I'm here. So the advice that I give is and I coined this, and I believe I said it on my TED Talk, that your passion follows you. You cannot follow your passion. So my advice is to let your passion follow you, get out of your own way, and never stop and never settle. This episode was brought to you by Botox Cosmetic. Learn more at BotoxCosmetic.com and talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, call 877 877- Three five one zero three zero zero, and follow the Climbing in Heels podcast on iHeartRadio or subscribe where you listen to your podcast.